Now, way down at the bottom of the sea, there are riches waiting to be hauled up. And we're not just talking sunken Spanish galleons. We're talking minerals, billions of tons of them that line much of the ocean floor. Countries and companies around the world are staking their claims. And one of the first to get the okay to explore is a British firm that got its first taste of what's down there through a famous Cold War caper. Here's Christopher Worth in London. The world couldn't afford to send me out to sea for this story. But for Adrian Glover, a marine biologist at London's Natural History Museum, the furthest depths of the seas are familiar territory. Just to sort of give you a quick visual tour, this is an image of the abyssal Pacific Ocean floor taken at about 4,000 meters, so off the coast of the United States. Glover shows me a photograph of a flat, seemingly barren terrain nearly two and a half miles down. The central Pacific abyss is an area almost the size of the continental landmass of the USA. And it's an area where the seafloor is carpeted in these little potato-sized accretions. Those accretions are known as manganese nodules. Glover hands me what looks like a lump of coal. This is a manganese nodule that I picked up from the Central Pacific. So it's actually, it's much lighter than I thought it would be. They're quite light and they're quite crumbly. They're peculiar things that were first studied in the 1960s, and people very quickly realized that they're rich in minerals. And not just manganese. The nodules also include copper, cobalt, nickel, and rare earths, essential in the production of everything from high-grade steel to smartphones and tablet computers. The global appetite for these sorts of minerals is growing all the time. That's Stephen Ball of Lockheed Martin, a defense contractor that hopes to be among the first to get into the deep-sea mining game. Lockheed has a long, strange history in the development of the industry. It's an elaborate tale that involves a top-secret CIA mission during the Cold War. And oddly enough, Howard Hughes, the eccentric American billionaire. Howard Hughes was contracted to go look for a lost Russian submarine. A nuclear-armed submarine that sank in the deep Pacific in 1968. Ball says Lockheed helped raise the submarine in the 70s to collect intelligence on the Soviet military. This archival film shows a burial at sea for the Soviet sailors recovered in the covert operation. The officers and men of this ill-fated USSR submarine, whom we honor here today, have reached their journey's end. And here's the connection. The official story at the time was that Hughes, working with Lockheed, was searching for manganese nodules. Hence, that's how we came to be doing this surveying of the ocean floor. Which did indeed give the company detailed data on the nodules. It's only now that mining the deep sea finally looks economically viable. And earlier this year, the International Seabed Authority granted a British subsidiary of Lockheed an exploration license for a huge stretch of the Pacific. UK Seabed Resources, a wholly owned subsidiary of Lockheed Martin UK, will assemble a deep seabed manganese nodule recovery and processing system. This computer animated video shows vehicles roving across the seafloor, scooping up nodules like a vacuum cleaner. From there, they'd be sent up pipes to a ship on the surface. But this type of mining raises a raft of environmental concerns. To begin with, although the bottom of the deep ocean looks barren, it's actually teeming with life. And Rod Fujita of the Environmental Defense Fund says no one knows how long it would take those ecosystems to bounce back from mining. The recovery rates are likely to be very, very, very long because growth rates are very low down there. In fact, some ecologists are very blunt on the matter. That mining that they're proposing is highly destructive. George Woodwell is with the Woods Hole Research Center in Massachusetts. He says deep-sea mining could affect large parts of the oceans at a time when they're already under stress from climate change. We already have 
major changes in oceanic chemistry and going further into disrupting the chemistry of the oceans by that sort of mining is just plain crazy. Lockheed Martin says it takes environmental concerns seriously. In line with international rules, the company says it's collaborating with scientists like Adrian Glover at London's Natural History Museum to study its patch of the seafloor before it mines. In fact, some marine biologists see teaming up with industry now as an opportunity to lay effective ground rules before full-scale mining gets underway. We have to get it right. We don't want 100 years from now conservation scientists to say, oh, my God, what were they thinking? Cindy Lee Vandover of Duke University has worked with a company that plans to mine another type of mineral-rich deep-sea ecosystem known as hydrothermal vents. But that's not to say she doesn't feel conflicted. This is a hard thing for me because I'm a tree hugger. I've spent my life studying these animals. On the other hand, pragmatically, it's not a, is it right or wrong? It's I think it's going to happen, and I think it can happen in a way that we can get the minerals and still protect those animals. If it is going to happen, it's because there could be lots of money to be made, more than $60 billion over 30 years for U.K. businesses alone, according to Lockheed Martin. The company hopes to realize that bonanza in the next decade and plans to begin environmental research in the Pacific this summer. For The World, I'm Christopher Wirth, London. This is PRI.